Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please re-interview the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sports Nets YouTube channel and airing live on Sports at 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. normally, but today being the trade deadline, we are on from 2 to 4. We're also on the main Sports Nets channel now, so it's different. So you got you to level up here a little bit. But uh, anyway, I'm your host, William Liu. I'm Joe, my producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Alex, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? Where's your dress shirt today? Um, this is not we dressed enough. up yesterday for no reason. Mm, Both of us. I was doing a courtside hit. Oh yeah, I forgot about friends. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then of yeah. course I'm also joined by our other producer, Jared Manitad, who will be watching Shams and Woj's uh, timeline for us. He got two laptops out, ready to go to break down any uh, any breaking news. As as me and Alex are probably more busy discussing the actual news itself. What's going on, Jared? I'm doing all right. Just I had to uh, run across the hallway and uh, grab my. Headphones, because I, I forgot them. Mm. I'm uh, out of breath. What's the What's the last thing that uh, Shams and Woj have for us right now? Uh, we got going on with the Sadiq Bay going to Atlanta, and James Wiseman is heading to Detroit. So Atlanta is sending Golden State five second round picks <laughs> that's in, right, in a three team deal. That is the theme of the day: five second round picks. A lot of picks. I think that's a historic thing because we have not seen that move before. We've seen the four second round pick kind of like the mm-hmm. poo-poo platter offered in the past i think nikola miritich was one of those guys yeah. who was able to be acquired by milwaukee um we've right seen before. a top 55 protected pick we've seen well top before. 55 protected oh, yeah. pick which is the most insulting way of trading somebody for nothing <laughs> um, that's the for con but five, five package five second round picks is 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 is, is it's like pulling up to lunch and trying to buy it only with quarters. No, that's truly your final offer. Like, it's yeah. your only offer. Yeah. If, if you're offering the five second rounders. But lots of fireworks with the trade deadline mm-hmm. late last night. You know, I'm sure we're going to get to Kevin Durant to, to Phoenix. But for, for the Raptors, they finally acquired your favorite, Jakob Pertle. It happened. It, it happened. It, it After actually us happened. on the show yeah. for, like, almost two weeks now, being like, we're tired of this trade. Even yesterday, we talked about it. Well, we Jacob saw him Hurdle. in Toronto yesterday. We also saw him in Toronto. Yeah. And the Raptors sent Kem, Kem Birch, a 2024 first rounder, which is, uh, per Mike Scotto of Hoops Hype, is uh, top six protected until 2026. And then two second round picks um, this year, 2023 and 2025. What mm. was your initial reaction just overall to this move? It's Look, I, it makes sense in the sense that, like, um, it seems like the front office wants to continue building on this current group, um, and they want to keep um, winning with this group. Obviously, they haven't necessarily been winning on the season because they're uh, four, four, four games under five hundred now. But um, in the play-in, they're sure, the yeah. Moment. But like clearly, there's this, this is like a buy into the current group, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be more moves made in the next uh, fifty-seven minutes here. Um, but at the same time, like. The center position is something that has been clearly very weak for the Raptors. They don't have any centers, and they've been linked to Jakoproto for a while. So I guess in in that sense, I'm not supposed, I'm not surprised that uh, the deal was made. Um, I completely understand the, the the reaction though, which has been kind of just people being underwhelmed. Not not only just because of the fact that um, you know Jakoproto is not that skilled offensively in terms of his scoring. Um, you know, definitely a role player who does his role well. I mean, we don't have to necessarily dive too much into his game, although we will later, mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that the Raptors drafted Jakoproto and we had him for the first two seasons of his career before he was moved in the Kawhi Leonard trade. But um, 
you know, the the excitement isn't necessarily there because I think that, you know, the the talk for a month leading up to the deadline is how the Raptors were going to go the other direction and invest more in the future and liquidate and and move some of these pieces. And so far, we've seen the Raptors do the exact opposite. In fact, they've now given up another first-round pick to get uh, somebody who can fix uh, a positional weakness at the current moment. Um, the trade onto itself, of, of course, you have to really determine it based on what he signs for in the offseason because you've now just traded for an unrestricted free agent, uh, but you have his bird rights. Um, presumably, the front office is already, you know, not, not to say that tampering ever happens in the NBA, but, you know, that's probably already been worked out mm-hmm. to some degree. And so it's similar to when the Raptors traded for Gary, for right. example, right? You, you trade for him with the understanding that you know you can re-sign him. And then, of course, you know, you can roll forward with Jacoperto being a, a solution at five for the next two, three years. Um, I think using a first-round pick to address that makes sense in the, in the sense that, like, that is how much it would normally cost. However, if you were of the camp that you want to see this team instead bottom out for one, maybe two seasons, mm-hmm. of course, you're definitely going to be upset with the fact that they've given up some first, uh, some future you know, draft compensation. Yeah, no, this is clearly clearly a win-now move, I think. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people, like you mentioned, coming to the deadline wanted to see the Raptors, you know, maybe just punt on this season, you know, go for the best lottery odds and then look more long-term. I think uh, the thing that people might be more upset about right now is, like, you look at the the draft pick, which is for, not for this draft, but, but for next season, being top six protected, you know, another clear signal that, that they're trying to win, not this season, next season as well. I guess it just kind of removes an option for them is the way that people are looking at it. Is, is that the Raptors are coming into the trade deadline with all these different options of what direction they want to go. And this first move does seem to clearly signal that, like you mentioned, that they are trying to win in, in, in kind of the immediate and the now. And I guess the bigger question for other people then is like, oh, like how is it going to affect some of these other pieces that are out there? And I guess specifically more, um, the question I would have is like, you know, what's going to happen with, with the, all the talks around OG, right? Well, I mean... We can speculate about that, but mm-hmm. honestly, like we're literally live sitting here reacting to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jr. is going to chime in if, if anything breaks on any front, especially from the major reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we'll just have to wait and see. To be honest, like in, even as a show making process, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it early right now because yeah, it yeah. could literally just happen in the next hour or so. Mm-hmm. And of course, when it happens, whether they make a move, what that move will be, or where they don't make a move, we'll react to it then. But I mm-hmm. think for the meantime. The acquisition of Jakoproto, I mean, to me, the immediate question is, okay, now you have six players who can start, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if one of them moves at the deadline here in the next hour, this conversation is is moot for now. But at the same time, is Jakoproto walking straight into the starting five for you, Alex? Yeah. You no, know, I, okay. I think... Yeah, I agree. I, I think... And again, yeah, like you mentioned, like we're going to see what moves are going to be made in the hour. But I am interested to, to see, like, once you slot Jakob into the, into the starting lineup, like what that does in terms of what, you know, what Precious' role is going to be. Moving forward, mm-hmm. you look mm-hmm. at a player like Gary as well. But, you know, I think when you're, you're getting a player of this caliber, um, you know, in, in Jakob, and you talked about just having to address this area of need at the center position, you know, I think I think you slot him right into the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, if you now have him in the starting lineup mm-hmm. and you know that Pascal and Scotty are going to be core fixtures, how is that front court looking for you? Because to me right now, none of them are, are, are solid shooters at all. Yeah, I think that's the other... <sighs> That's why I want to see what else they're going to do because they address this need. But you look at the team, like there's still a huge glaring need for shooting. There's a huge glaring need for depth, especially if you're looking to win for for this season and, and going into next season as well. Like, what are you really adding to this group? Like, I think, 
you know, they didn't have to trade a lot of talent on the roster going out, like shouts to Kem. Um, but like, you know, they, they still need to bolster their depth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want to see what the starting lineup looks like at, at 3 p.m., depending on what they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, in terms of the fit with Jakob in particular, I think mm. that, you know, we have seen now the Raptors play in the last three seasons without uh, a just a serviceable seven-footer. Um, I think this definitely, um, you know, ends that portion of it. And I think that um, for people who maybe weren't watching as closely to the Raptors in 2017 or 2018 when Jakob Proto was here, um, maybe they look at the situation it's like, okay, do we have a seven-foot kind of like, you know, stiffer kind of player? Mm. Um, I think for me, you know, watching uh, a lot of tape on Jakob Proto this morning while everyone else is refreshing their timeline for mm. Kevin Durant stuff, you know, uh, for us, we have to look at some Jakob Proto tape. And, and watching the tape, you know, I, I think that it's pretty clear and it's a good reminder of sort of uh, what we saw when he was in here in Toronto was it's a very mobile big man. Um, definitely uh, very good as a defender. Now, last season, I think he had an elite impact defensively. This season, he's having a good impact defensively. I think he's somewhere in between, okay. right? I think he's a pretty good defender, right? He's not the best shot blocker in the league. He is not an average defender either at center. I think there are certain things that you can rely on from Yaka Prado in the sense that he's a really good shot blocker. Um, he's a really good shot contester as well. Even just his mobility in terms of how he moves, he's able to flip his hips really quickly. And so when he has guys driving downhill at him, he's very good at staying in front and keeping a contest forward. Um, this is generally speaking what you'd normally see from the tape. However, it has to be said, though, one of the tape, uh, one of the parts of that tape, I suppose, is what the game happened last oh, night right. where the Raptors literally played against Yaka Proto. What a funny situation that was. And, yeah, obviously we didn't see any of that last night because the Raptors were able to either hit jumpers over him in the case of Pascal Siakam or in the case of other guys drive past him. We saw Scotty take him to the cup twice mm. and score. We saw Fred take him to the cup and score mm. a couple of times as well. So, I don't know. Maybe thinking back to the reaction podcast from last night, maybe I might have to change my third star from uh, Scotty Barnes to Jakob <laughs> Um But in any case, like I think defensively, this is definitely an upgrade for you at center. I think mm-hmm. it offers you some other options in terms of how to play defense now because the Raptors have been doing so much to compensate for the fact that they don't have shot blocking in the paint and no size in the paint mm-hmm. that they always send multiple bodies. Maybe we see uh, less help, um, especially in the paint, which means less corner threes being left open. Um, because now you have somebody who can actually be back there and, and contest a shot and rebound and stuff like that. Um, and I think the other aspect, too, is that's one way they can go. The other way they can go defensively is now that they have a shot blocker at the back, can you play more aggressively on the perimeter and play for even more steals, right? That's mm-hmm. that's really a, a roster decision or a strategy decision that's going to come down to the head coach. But I think it's pretty clear that the Raptors have liked Jakob Proto. I think Nick Nurse even said pregame yesterday, you know, without the tampering, but he was just like, look, we, we really enjoyed having him here mm-hmm. while he was in Toronto. The Raptors liked Jakob Proto so much, they took him with the ninth pick way back in 2016. That was actually, you know, ahead of somebody like, you know, Sabonis, for example, was available on the board at that time. Um, they took him over uh, that. They used the ninth pick with that. And then, all, you know, they even took him over Pascal Siakam, who obviously turned out to be the, the best player the Raptors drafted that year. Uh, he went 27th. But, you know, they liked Jakob Proto for a while. And, you know, I think that they needed to – well, they felt the need that they wanted to, uh, to, to fill the gap at center. And I think that they've at least done that. But at the same time, though, do we agree with that direction? Like, did you think the Raptors should have done this? Because I think for us, we've been talking so much about should the Raptors take a step back and try to rebuild? This is not look. This is not a rebuild move. I think you know. I feel like this is also a bet on where you think Scotty Barnes's development is going to go as well. Because the same conversation coming into this season about ramping up the expectations for this team coming off a forty-eight win season 
was the expectation that based on what Scotty was able to give you in his rookie of the year season, you expected a trajectory upwards and he was going to be ready to, to be part of a win now team. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's been an up and down season, I think for everybody, you know, Scotty included the entire team. Obviously we've talked about it at length, but if, if you're trying to create this window now and you assume you, you know, you spend this draft capital to get Jacobin. And like you mentioned, he's going to be here uh, on a new contract after this, after this summer is, you know, what does this team look like next year and who are going to be the key pieces? And um, you know, th they're going to be betting on Pascal and Scotty to be leading this team. Sure. Regardless of who's, who's still here past uh, 3 PM today. Right. So I think if you're, if, if they're looking to be competitive in the East for next season, then I think the expectations have to have to get ratcheted up on what you're getting from Scotty next season. And specifically like what, like what position or like, you know, what kind of role is he going to fill? Right. Mm. And I think that's, that was a big question coming into this season as well. And I think based, based on, you know, what the roster is going to be constructed, you know, after today and like after this summer, like what is the role that you want Scotty to, to be in? And, and does those role definitions have to, you know, just crystallize quicker now versus like having him on just this development path and see playing him at different positions, like a point guard and a center uh, and things like that. And obviously you bring in a more traditional center now to fill in this role. You know, maybe you, you envision more Scotty in that playmaking role and then you have Pascal you know, as, as, as the lead guy. And then again, my question just goes back to like, what are you going to fill the rest of the roster with? Right. Cause if you're right. trying to compete based on what we've seen this season is ya adding just a Jakob Pertle and then betting on the development of, of the top guys and a Scotty and for Pascal to continue, you know, playing at an all-star level. Like, is that enough? Like, is that enough in the East? Right. Like yeah, if you look at the sure. roster as yeah. it is right now. Yeah. Um, Probably not. Let's be mm -hmm. honest. That's definitely not. Yeah. Um, but I think that they at least improve their roster based on this, right? Because clearly, Jakob Proto is an upgrade over Cam Birch. Now, of course, would you have paid that price, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you do give up that future first, which most likely will convey next season. Right. And I think from the Raptors' perspective, what they're really hoping for is, okay, this year is what it is. I mean, like, if they make it to the play-in, that's great. If they make it past the play-in, that's great. Um, but they're going to have their pick from this year no matter what. I think the other aspect is, okay, so next season, they really have to be in, in a solid top six position yes. for, for me for this trade to be something that makes sense because otherwise you are giving them some, but a pick that's going to be in the teens or even worse, you know, mm -hmm. or even better, sorry. So, yeah, you know, like you really have to, um, yeah, you this has to work essentially. And this is a bet on this group working. Uh, in this, in spite of the fact that you've seen some of the results this season, I think to your point about Scotty and, and the, the role that he's going to play, I think it's going to be interesting because you know this season we've seen Scotty play in multiple positions, including for a stretch there in December and early January where he played a lot at center. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, that's that's that sort of positionally him playing center ended as soon as. Um, you know, uh, Precious Ochoa came back into the lineup and started getting healthy because then Precious started to play much more of that center role. But, you know, when you put Jakob in position, now all of a sudden you're taking away all the benefits or all the sort of positional lineup flexibility that you had with Scotty at center. Now, of course, Jakob Proto is a guy probably going to play like 28 to 30 minutes for you, mm -hmm. right? So you still have another, you know, you know, 18 minutes or so that you can play with sort of smaller groups. And I'm sure that's where Precious will get some minutes at center or Scotty might even get back somewhere into the center. But it'll be interesting for me because obviously that means that Scotty then needs to continue to work on the perimeter skills just the way that Pascal has as well. But um, JR, do we have some breaking news or what? We have some breaking news. We have a three-team deal or multi-team deal for now. Uh, Clippers are sending Luke Kennard to the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. The Rockets are receiving John Wall. So he's returning to Houston. 
and your boy, Eric Gordon, oh. is, has been freed up and is going to L.A. Wow. The Clippers get a nice little shooter that could get probably put in off the bench, but... Yeah, what do you guys think of the deal? That's a nothing burger. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, thr- I'm thrilled for Eric Gordon, man. Mm. That's a former Clipper, too, I oh, believe. Oh, let me add that uh, Danny Green is also in that Houston deal. He's going to Houston. Okay. Okay. There's some buyouts might be happening, I feel like. That should there. be a buyout. Um, yeah. Interesting. I Clippers, mean, well, Clippers, Clippers, did you say Clippers got Bones Highland as well? Clippers Was that also a trade Bones that Highland. also happened, right? Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so on the Nuggets, LA is also sending the, uh, their 2024 and 2025 second round picks. So, yeah. Earlier, earlier today, before the show started, the Nuggets are trading Bones Highland to the Clippers. LA is sending 2024 and 2025 second-round picks. Yeah, and also Denver got Thomas Bryant earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, clearly with, with KD going to Phoenix, uh, I think now a lot of these other teams who might have thought that the West was, was a wide-open race now seem to be, you know, they got to be they got to be chasing chasing the Suns now. I mean, Suns adding KD. Like you can talk right. about the, t- the 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 wing defenders that they've lost. You know, they've clearly given up. You know, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Camp Johnson. They lost Bossman ninety nine. You know, shout out to Jay Crowder. But KD, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. Mm. Like, do you see them as the f- like? I consider them the favorite in in the West right now. I don't want to haggle about their depth. Oh and yeah, stuff. No, like, that's, absolutely. Are, are you kidding me? Absolutely. That's a top heavy team right there. Like, okay, Phoenix definitely has jumped to number one in the West for me in terms of on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we'll see what Golden State does. I think they could still make a couple of moves here, and they really should, right? I really mm-hmm. believe in the continuity of that group. Obviously, Denver is, is pretty solid. Them taking uh, Bones Highland out of the rotation before the trade deadline and then ultimately moving him for some future f- uh, picks and then getting back Thomas Bryant, I'm not surprised necessarily with that um, acquisition just because the, I think they've really needed to find a backup center for Jokic, and I mm-hmm. don't think DeAndre Jordan was it. Um so I think that's a that's a marginal upgrade, but at the same time, like, you know, their roster is mostly stood pat. Phoenix is a real real threat, especially with Devin Booker coming back. We knew that Phoenix was better than their record suggested just because they had cratered with uh, Booker out of the lineup. You add Katie to that group, I mean, man, that 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 is a I'm I'm really I'm I'm a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a little jealous. I know we in Toronto we talked about KD and stuff like that. You know, literally Phoenix has changed owners in one day. That owner stepped into the building and he already got Kevin Durant in the building. I obviously he he gave up a lot to do it, but um, to me, obviously Phoenix is going to be the team to watch in the West. But I think in terms of the moves that happened just now, mm-hmm. with the Clippers adding in Bones Highland and them adding in um, Eric Gordon, to me that it's very clear to me that they're no longer a Fred team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess the reporting before was that, you know, the, the Raptors would want Terrence Mann okay. for Fred, but, you know, yeah, no, I think they've made their moves now to, to kind of shore up the positions that they need because, you know, John Wall was always being reported the last couple of weeks that he was going to be out. The team that the team that I feel like losing the most out of this in the West is Memphis um, because, like, you know, b- before all this KD stuff happened and even Kyrie going to Dallas – it really did look like the West was like wide open. Yeah, like yeah, even yeah. as even as Denver as like a number one seed, like you were not looking at them as a team that you know that that you couldn't beat in a seven game series. And this seemed like an open path for Memphis and all this conversation about do they want to consolidate some of their draft capital and assets to make one more move, like bring in a bring in a vet or like a depth player. But man, like I look I look at Golden State if they make a move. You know, I look at the Clippers. You know, Phoenix obviously and Denver. I feel like all those teams are ahead of Memphis right now to me. Well, like, it, it is kind of funny thinking back to, to Josh saying um, 
No, I'm good in the West. <laughs> yeah. the, the West said, the, guess, the West said, <laughs> no, we're the, good with you, man. The no, NBA scriptwriter said, no, man, we're changing it up. Yeah, no, um, but I mean, that's what I've been saying, though. Like, the, I don't think parody in the league is something that's supposed to happen. In basketball, yeah. like, it, you just always see this sort of, like, star accumulation. Mm. And then you immediately see it with Phoenix making that kind of move. So yeah. now, all of a sudden, all the, equa- the whole equation shifts. And, you know, other teams got to load up. And that includes probably, you know, how does that affect OJ Anobi, for example, right? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at Sacramento too, right? Like Sacramento was there in the, in the number three seed. And now it's honestly, it's hard to see that. Like, I feel like there is a, some distance now between teams you would legit consider that can come out, come out of the, the West to the finals. Right. Like, so I don't know. I'll be interested to see if Memphis does anything. Cause I, <laughs> they're, they're saying John Morant's going to have to try to roll through the West with Dylan Brooks as his sidekick now. So, I mean, yeah, come on, man. Jerry yeah. Jackson's there. Yeah, yeah. Triple and then, J. And now the, block, got, the block Panther. Now yeah. they got Luke Kennard, which I think culturally might be one of the strangest picks. I can't <laughs> wait to see Luke Kennard hit a gritty, actually. It's going to be oh, a, very unsettling. By the way, they're calling Russell Westbrook a vampire on the way out. <laughs> this yeah, we, was reported by Dave McMenamin. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a little nasty business. There's no reason doing, to do man? that. JR, what's going on, man? Is there any latest news or what? Uh, We have another one happening right now with LA Lakers are trading Patrick Beverly to the Orlando Magic for center Mo Bamba. Oh, wow. Wow. I've seen Mo uh, Bamba photoshopped in the Lakers uniform. Lakers are also sending a second round uh, draft compensation for uh, Patrick Beverly. So that is also within the deal. Okay. You know what? Shouts to Rob Palenka, man. He pulled off a couple of good deals. I was going like to say, the last couple of days here. I mean, again, like, I think the Lakers have more ground to make up in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I don't know. That Lakers roster is starting to look like, at least on paper, much more complete. You go from uh, Thomas Bryant, who um, offensively I was definitely very capable and productive. Defensively, the metrics continue to say that he was one of the worst defenders out there at the mm-hmm. five. You bring in Mo, who obviously, you know, if he really buys into his role and really protects the basket and stuff like that, I think he can do some stuff there. Um, but, you know, just look at the trades that they made last night, right? The three-team deal when we were watching the Spurs game with the Raptors, it was, you know, Russell Westbrook getting moved. And, you know, for, for them to turn that into three, like, playable players in mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, uh, Vanderbilt, and also, uh, who else did they Malik get? Beasley Malik Beasley as well. Malik Beasley as well, yeah. So yeah. that's not bad. Like, the Lakers rotation is actually starting to look pretty decent. Is that good enough to to contend with some of the other teams or even <laughs> propel sure. them past the, the, the play-in? Who knows? But. First of all, half of the guys that LeBron celebrated his all-time scoring record with is, like, not on the team anymore. Like, Juan Toscano-Anderson, he hugged, is gone. Okay. Beverly. And, well, Thomas Bryan famously in that photo. I guess oh, that's man. his famous last moment. That might, that's actually his Lakers. last moment with the Lakers is, is um, begging for the, the duck in. I bet, I bet LeBron pretty upset yesterday because, like, he started the day, or at least in the evening, hearing about this three-way trade, you know, getting the upgrade that he wanted – Getting Westbrook, you know, out of that out of that situation, and then he's got to hear about KD going to Phoenix two hours later. Because mm. the whole premise for the Lakers being in thirteenth and like oh being only like four or five games back of getting into the top four was this was a wide open West. But like we mentioned, like the landscape has changed, right? Like I think, but I do want to give Polinka a lot of credit because. Uh, I feel like they've been able to thread that needle of like making these moves, not giving up. You know, we always talk about the 2027 and 2029 pick. They were only, they only had to give up one in the trade yesterday. And there's protections on that, that converts to a second rounder. It's top four protected, Mm. which, which I thought was like, I actually don't know how they pulled that off considering they're dealing with Danny Ainge who famously, you know, just takes everybody's like draft assets, but like they're able to get these guys like D'Angelo Russell's a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah. Which, which, you know, getting his bird rights are important for them. They can make a decision on Rui Hachimura. Like, they've been able to make deals where they've improved their team, not just for this season, right? Mm, like, yeah. at least you have a core there going into the summer 
where it doesn't feel like, you know, there's nothing at the end of the tunnel for, for LeBron's whatever, like, remaining prime that there is. But if you're talking about this season, though, I do feel like based on the way that things are changing now in the West, mm-hmm. like, there is a particular ceiling for the Lakers. Like, I don't, like, can they get to the top six? I think that might be tough for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll mean... Like, that's ultimately, I think, their goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're comfortable necessarily just getting into the playoffs. How they do from there, it's obviously going to just depend on what level they can turn up from LeBron, who obviously has a different gear in the playoffs. And then, obviously, if AD's healthy at that point. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, uh, that they've done well for themselves. So, essentially, they did, they, they did free agency up front, mm-hmm. right? Because in, in terms of the money that they had, if they just let Westbrook expire, they could probably sign, like, one or two pieces. But yep. in, in doing the deals that they've done recently, which is to get Rui Hachimura in the door, um, you know, which is to, to to get Russell in the door. Like, some of these players, like, you can now make that decision on these guys, Vanderbilt, as well. And it's like, you know, if, if again, if it really works out, you all of a sudden have the ability to sort of retain the team. Of course, it'll probably take you into the tax, but who cares, right, at that point? You're the Lakers. You have LeBron. You're trying to maximize your situation. But, um, no, I mean, I think the Lakers did pretty well for themselves right now, and we'll see. They might still add some more pieces. Um, what's going on, Jared? Is there any more moves? Just coming in right now, per Shams, uh, the Pelicans are trading Devontae Graham and four second-round picks to San Antonio. This is included in the deal with the San, San Antonio Spurs trading Josh Richardson to the Pelicans. Okay. Mm. This is uh, this is another, I feel like, Fred Van Vliet suitor off the table, potentially. <laughs> Maybe even a potential OJ and OB suitor off the table because I felt like yeah. Devontae Graham was always that salary that was thrown in yeah. to a lot of these Because if you want guys like Dyson Orleans. Daniels and like Herb Jones, you still got to yes. make the money work, right? With, so if you're, if you're telling me that this is some of their dead salary <laughs> starting to move out, then... You tell me the Raptors might stand pat and Pirtle is going to be the only move? So far right now with, uh, you know, 20... Or 30 minutes to go yeah. before the deadline. That's what it's looking like at the moment. Um, but yeah, to me, this doesn't seem like, I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm sure they can work other salaries around mm. it, right? You could probably use, for example, JV to do it. Mm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for me to do that, right? I think, you know, you would necessarily, especially if you want to make a deal happen for Fred or if you want to make a deal happen for OG, you definitely want to use one of your players who isn't someone that you feel that you can play in a playoff rotation anyway, like a Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's, that's okay. Well, if, if New Orleans is off the table... Who else is still on the table? Because I'm seeing this latest from Shams, which, JR, feel free to interrupt us with anything involving the Raptors, okay? Because yeah, this is yeah. a big one right here, and we're, we're late to this one. Um, but the Western Conference contender has emerged as a suitor for Toronto's OG. I know this is from Shams. That being the Golden State Warriors. So, Jonathan uh, Kaminga is on the table then? I'm not going to lie to you. You know, a friend of the program, Andy Liu, did message me like about... 12 30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, okay. And he was like, I don't know, man. All the offers are on the table now for OG. So okay. I, I don't know. I mean, like, listen, man, I know Andy has sources and stuff like that. I know we always joke about him <laughs> on the program and stuff like that. But no, he's... I think uh, he tipped he us through. up on this one. And, yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting. I mean, so but what from Golden State in terms of a package would interest you? Right? It would probably have to center around Kaminga. But does that make sense? future picks. Does that make sense if you pair it up with what they've done with, with bringing Jakob Pertl in, right? Like, I think unless it's a situation where... Now I'm like, oh, unless it's a situation where OG like actually like has demanded out, and this is a situation that needs to be that's not moving you taken anymore. care of. Like, are, are you if you're trying to win now moving forward, and you've got OG under contract through next season, mm. can you just punt that decision down the line? At least explore in the summer or see if the situation can change. Because if you're trying to win now, I actually don't see the point of trading OG for, uh, say, a Jonathan Kaminga. Or and like draft picks and stuff. Yeah. Because then aren't you splitting the difference? Because like Jakob sure. is a move to win now, right? Okay. And then what's the point of taking a step forward and then taking a step back? So you're you're basically saying that this is not. 
No, like I'm not. You, you don't see a deal happening. With no, the like I wouldn't do it. Is what I would say. Fair. Like, fair. Okay. Is that something that would interest you? Like a package around Kaminga? You I, get some I of like these Kaminga. younger players back. I like Kaminga. Yeah. I mean, his upside is slightly higher than OG, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I think you trade for Kaminga with the hope that he could become an OG one day. No, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, right? That's that's most of the stuff that we're really talking about. Yeah. I right. just think the Pertle trade kind of changes the perception of how you look at the front office might be looking at this. But like, I don't think adding Jakob right? was like, you're all in now on the Raptors. <sighs> they've just I, like, they've, it's not, it's never just like a fully commit to like, we are winning or we are tanking. Mm-hmm. It's more just like, we have now solved a problem yes, that we're we able had to br- on the roster. We're able to bring in an asset to, to the roster, add and solve the problem. No, I get it. Yeah. But... <sighs> I just, I don't know. Like, how thrilled would you be if, if the moves were Jakob and then, you know, they, they, they get some draft capital back and younger younger assets for for OG? Yeah, I mean, right. it depends. I think it really depends on how hard you are on Kaminga. I feel like mm-hmm. the, the Raptors, I mean, look, first off, he's, he's definitely an elite athlete. Like, you were talking about even within NBA athletes, I think he's in the top five percentile, mm-hmm. like the 95th percentile in, in terms of athleticism. Yeah. Um, skill-wise, you know, I think we probably saw the best of it against the Raptors when he nailed four threes. Remember when the <laughs> Warriors beat us by, you know, whatever points? Yeah, which time? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, he is an exciting prospect. Um, he is a far cry right now from OG. That's why if the Warriors were to make a move like this, like, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to capitalize on the now with with Steph, but I mean, man, OG on the Warriors though. I mean, I suppose it gives you other picks, and then maybe you can make some other moves. You know, it yeah. doesn't ba- it balances out your roster, your your cap sheet at least a little bit as well. Um, you what, know, about that. what about Memphis? What about Memphis? Because like Memphis hasn't made a move yet, and they've been. Well, I mean, they, they got Luke Kennard. Oh yeah, I guess that's okay. So that's fine. the thing. Like I, I'm, All I'm right. looking at a lot of these teams that have been linked to the Raptors. They have made moves here. New Orleans, yeah. Memphis. New Orleans you know, the Clippers, the Lakers. Phoenix obviously has made their big move. Like, a lot of these yeah. teams have made subsequent moves, right? And if you are looking to make that big move with Toronto, um, you know, you would probably want to hold on and, and prioritize that first. Not to say that something can't happen in the next, like, 30 minutes here or so, but mm. uh, I'm going to try to risk it and take a quick break right here. Mm. Um, you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And, um, yeah, when we return, more trade deadline live coverage. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong and producer Jared Manitad. I'm your host, William Liu. Anything happened during the five minute break? This is what the deadline does to us, man. You can't take a five minute break and feel completely okay with it. You know what? I always forget for NBA trade deadline. There's all these rumors that circulate. And I know we talk about it like almost every day with the Raptors being at the center of it this season. And then all the action just happens in the last two hours, basically. Yeah. And and this like the trades are just flowing in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked a lot about the Western Conference there in the last segment. Wanted to shift the focus a little bit to the to the east as well. Take a look at some of the moves that have been made. I don't think okay. there's been any huge moves. I think up top, you know, the I guess the biggest one that's coming out for so far is the Bucks finally getting their guy Jay Crowder mm. in in a trade. Proud of them. So 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 the Brooklyn Nets acquired uh, Jay Crowder as as part of the KD deal yesterday, and then they were able to flip him for um, five second round picks. Yeah. 
Um, that's a new one. I I, I wonder yeah. if now that opens the, the door to six second round picks in the future. Actually, and how many second round picks will eventually equal one first round? Pick? Yeah, and maybe we can ask Blake Murphy later too. Um, how many first second rounders are you allowed to trade? This is like seven years out. I, feel I mean, like. I think no, no, no. It's not their own. Yeah, yeah. It's like an accumulation. Right? Right? This is some other ones that you add in. But how many second round? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Our our boy Serge Ibaka is um heading to the Pacers. Yeah, that's a tough, for, that's for a tough Raptors one. Fans. You, you think he's going to get Tyrese Halliburton into an episode of How Hungry Are You Before He Leaves? <laughs> do you think Do you think Serge um, left because uh, there was that one episode of How Hungry Are You with Drew Holiday where they um, FaceTime Giannis? Yeah. And Giannis famously called him a role player. <laughs> he said, you're a role player. You should set screens and rebound yeah. the ball. Which is, Sh- by the way, what the Raptors got yeah. in Jakob Pertl, by the way. So Yeah, shouts to Serge, though. Man, it's, uh, you know, we're still tracking our 2019 championship Raptors. Hey, it's looking down bad for them right now because Kyle Lowry seems to be um, on the is, outs Yeah, in, I believe in he's Miami. just, like, been sent home this week. Like, just a granted an absence from the team. What's that mean? Yeah, so he's just away from the team at okay, the moment. Okay, so Kyle's down bad. Yeah. Um, Serge is, you know... I mean, wow. You can't be more down bad than getting traded to Indiana in February right now. Yeah. With no a, prospects yeah, of a long-term contract. Just a surge. And, or minutes or playoffs. Yeah. Um, what else is happening? Danny Green got moved to the Houston Rockets. Danny right. Green might get bought out. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Hopefully, hopefully he gets bought out. You know, we don't need Danny right. Green to be the new Eric Gordon. <laughs> no, please. No, do not hold Danny Green hostage, please. Yo, I, I, I need a cam you. on Eric Gordon when All he right. lands in L.A. You know how happy he is, man. Oh, my he God. Finally, he's finally gonna, out, man. The sun's going to be shining all. <laughs> Yo, he's that, finally That's the circumference out. of his head right there. Oh, man, he's going to He's going to really enjoy it. But, no, seriously, though, like, our 2019 Raptors are down bad. And then the yeah. Clippers, I mean, I'm not even sure. Like, what did the Clippers really do? Do like I, to me, it doesn't even make sense to me that they added Bones Highland and and Eric Gordon. Like I thought, what they needed with their group was more steady point guard play, someone who can get people into their spots. Right, because right? Bones they, Bones clearly a score first player. So is Eric Gordon. Yeah, Eric Gordon as well. Yeah, is that what they needed more of? They're gonna have I don't know. Their their shooting guard options right mm-hmm. now are very funny to me because it's also Norm is another player who fits into that category as well. So I'm a little bit confused about what the Clippers are specifically doing at this deadline. Um, not to say that those aren't talent upgrades. Those are mm-hmm. talent upgrades. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm confused. But in any case, yeah, 2019 yeah. was a long time ago. I think we keep getting this reminder over and over again. Yeah. And right now, you know, the Raptors are actually moving back to 2018 by getting Jakob Pertl. We'll see what happens in the next 20 minutes or so. Or if a couple more trades trickle in past the deadline, because if you're a true veteran of this game, you understand that even after the 3 p.m. deadline happens, you still might see some trades that really come back mm. and, and, and get accomplished. I remember the Raptors traded for P.J. Tucker, I think, 15 minutes after the deadline. Right. It was announced. So that was back in 2017. But so far, just Yaka Pertle. And, um, yeah. you know, you can tell we're all thrilled about it. Yeah, and, and Gary Gary Trent Jr. still slayed it to do a promo appearance at 3.30. Oh is that is goodness. that correct? Is that oh, the I breaking news here, boys. Oh, oh. My boy, Plum Sauce, Mason Plumley is getting traded to the Clippers. Okay. Clippers are, uh, oh, wow. okay. Clippers are loading up. Wow. Yeah. Nice okay. little double-double guy. Yeah, yeah, you would know. We actually, yeah, need the Mason Plumley analysis. Going. Please, Mason. That's, well, your, that's your favorite player, man. <laughs> no, I've never I, seen anyone cheer for Mason Plumley, but... Okay. All right. Again, I'm I'm confused what the Clippers are doing. I, I mean, I suppose they have somebody to replace what Isaiah Hartenstein did for them last yeah. season, in terms of as a, a guy who can play five, be physical, and also make some extra passes. Um, in return, the Clippers are sending Reggie Jackson to Charlotte. That's what the that's what that's what Charlotte needed another shoot first guard. So, what point guards do they have now? I mean, John Wall's gone. Yeah, Reggie Jackson is gone. Maybe they're empowering Terrence Mann. Man. 
Um, or maybe they're making, look, there's still 20 minutes. They, still, maybe yeah. they get no, one of these point guards or maybe they get one of the point guards on the buyout market if that's the case. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, like Westbrook's probably going to be bought out. I mean, honestly, it, yeah, would not, so, it would not go well. I think Russell Westbrook has a history with Utah. Yes. So they should be do the right thing and let him get into a different situation. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be putting on a Utah uniform. You mentioned Miami mm. as an interesting That'd be interesting, for yeah, because I think, you know, um, you just see Miami as like one of those situations where guys get bought out and mm-hmm. they're former stars and they go there. It's just it's just kind of how it goes. Clearly, they can use more help at point guard because yeah. they're very dissatisfied with Kyle. And I don't know if Westbrook's an upgrade from Kyle. Is Kyle's down so bad that Westbrook is an upgrade over him? I don't think so. But No, but I think the other thing, too, is like for all the flaws, and I think, you know, we all know that Westbrook's been picked on yeah. for, for all of that. Like he was a he was a solid bench contributor. Like if, even if you take in all the like, you know, his shooting percentage. And sometimes when you watch him play, the eye test is, is kind of tough because you'll see right. certain plays where he's a bit out of control. But that's he's he can still contribute. Hmm. To okay. an NBA team, right. just not here in Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no I think we're good. We're, 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 good. Nice. we're good. We're yeah, the, set, baby. The, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, this do. is not Furkan uh, Korkmaz news. Oh, his, his trade request is still on the table. Damn. Um, I believe. Do, do you think? Do you think they're more even open that email, man? I don't think he's <laughs> opening that email. Man. Um, Matisse Thybul finally has been uh, shipped out. He got he got sent early in the day to to Portland. Matisse. Yeah, and yeah. this was a three way deal, and the Sixers are getting Jalen McDaniels. Yep. Back. Yeah. So that's a move. Yeah. No, no team I mean, in the East has really made. I mean, all the fireworks has been in the West. Yeah. 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 You and, haven't and seen. And rightfully so. And maybe yeah. there's still more time for it because with 18 minutes left on the clock, um, you know, there are still a couple of pieces that could potentially be moved. Again, I still think that contenders in the Western Conference right now really need to look hard at getting some more help on the wing to defend because uh, one Mr. Kevin Durant has now moved over to your side. Yeah, we and should. And that's not to say that anybody is a KD stopper, but you definitely want somebody who can at least, you know, guard him <laughs> at a decent, passable rate. Yeah, so. this, this is the pitch that's happening. Am I, am I pitching Bobby's, this? Bobby's second phone Should right we call now? Andy Lou again? Everyone, right now there's reports <laughs> that the Raptors are talking to the Warriors, right, about OG, mm. right? And we literally had this kind of, like, mock scenario happen on the show yeah. last Friday. Best, great when episode. We had, uh, when we had um, Andy on the program. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit Kevin Durant trade and then never talk about KD again. Wow, well, I mean, clearly it's done, man. It's, on this it's program. Over, man. Yeah. You know, I did say yesterday that the Nets should go in a separate direction, but, you know. I, you know, I got to say, I, I was completely wrong on that one. I no, really but, thought that everyone, they were just going to continue to try to do whatever But all salvage. signs did point to them trying to just make, like, this one last yes. dash. And I'm actually glad they pivoted in this direction because the writing was on the wall, right? Like, if you don't, you just... You have to just start accumulating assets at some point for the future. But these assets they, would have been on the table even if they waited for yeah, so do past they, this deadline. It's not like Phoenix would have said no to KD for uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and four picks. Yeah, but I think ultimately, too, Brooklyn had all these conversations. They're trying to get all the players from the Raptors and stuff. Like, I think there's just no deal on the table because, like, Woj was actually reporting that before the Suns and, and the Nets completed this deal, um, I guess, like, John Collins was another player that was in conversation. Um, Nets are clearly scouring, but like, do you think they would have gotten a better package this summer versus this? Just in terms of like a return for KD, like I feel like given the situation that they're in, this mm-hmm. is a pretty good return for them. Sure, I mean, sure, I mean, any return for KD would have been, but four unprotected first, yeah, right, twenty twenty three, twenty five, twenty seven, twenty nine, yep, and you and know, that, and that's Macau, not just long enough to the point where KD is probably going to age out or no longer be in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Macau Bridges. Which uh, Jake Fisher has reported that the Nets have no interest in moving today. 
because there yeah, was some there why, was why some talks. You? He's a good player. Yeah. yeah, that you know the Rockets were interested at one point. Um, but okay. Bridges, Cam Johnson, and obviously they've moved Jay Crowder now. Like you know, I feel like if you compared it to the whatever offers that might have been on the table this summer, I feel like they did pretty well given the situation. Well, I mean, it's interesting now because when you think back on it, with the the Phoenix Suns right and the Brooklyn Nets won that. Um, what's our one that won the uh when the Nets and the, the Mavericks first made the Kyrie deal on the weekend? Mm-hmm. There was all that talk on Monday of like, oh, the Nets maybe want to expand it to Toronto and, and get involved. And you heard some of those names, which didn't make sense when it was like, okay, they're interested in like Pascal Siakam. And I'm like, how are you gonna make a deal happen with Pascal Siakam? Mm-hmm. Do you think that in that Monday call when they were trying to expand it, do you think they were trying to talk KD? Of course. Okay, so then you, I feel like you have to. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Masai definitely had to. Masai yeah. definitely had to say, like, hey, oh, you guys are going to make any more moves? Like, okay, give me, a, you know, can, yeah. is KD back on the table? But I'm guessing the conversation is probably the same. Probably asked for Scotty in that scenario. Yeah. To start. I don't know, but you never heard Scotty's name in those dimensions. You heard OG. You heard that they're interested in Fred. You heard that they're interested in Pascal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you're asking for a lot. I mean, are you going to give us Kevin Durant back? Yeah. And ultimately, obviously, KD moves on. But, um, yeah, that was a fun saga, I suppose. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the, the KD talk that we had for <laughs> at least 10 episodes on this podcast? Yeah. Which goes know, daily? It was just tough because, you know, I know we were pining for Giannis for a little bit, mm. especially when the Raptors, I guess, maneuvered their salary cap room to fit exactly Giannis's max deal, mm. which got me very excited. And that didn't happen. You know, he signed his extension. And you know it was it was fun. Uh, it was fun pining for KD for a little bit this summer. Yeah, you know, really tried to to will it in existence. You know, it didn't happen. And I guess now we uh, now we have Jakob. Now Pro. we look forward on, to man. yeah. Now no, we now look, like seven footer yeah, on the roster. Bring back Joe Wieskamp. Get some shooting. On, Actually, honestly, I really would not mind if the Raptors go went out and got Joe Wieskamp again. That's my win now move suggestion. Because look, we'll we'll definitely talk more Jakob Proto after the deadline is over when we know exactly where everyone is. Mm-hmm. Um. The Atlanta Hawks, by the way, are uh, per Chris Haynes is uh, keeping John Collins. Wow! So he has survived another trade. No, he's the new Eric Gordon, man. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he's the new Eric Gordon. They're gonna. Uh, he's gonna be in Atlanta for another five. Still years. no news on freaking Corkmaz. Yeah. Wow. So, no shouts to um no shouts to the new Suns owner Matt Matt Ishbia. So uh, again, uh, from Woj reporting just the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. he's he got on the phone with Joe Sai last night and just got it done. So yeah. Well, that, Joe, that's, Joe's why do, why, why do, why do still, GMs and 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 like these uh, these presidents even GMs exist, exist? Yeah. to a certain degree when these two billionaires are just gonna call each other up and say, like, yeah, yeah, you want? But do first it? day like, okay. getting Katie in the door. Yeah. Meanwhile, I guess Joe Sai is just gonna have to enjoy a. You know this this is what the Nets' identity just should be, just this like you know plucky team coached by Jacques Vaughn. They can return to their their normal now. I after, mean, they, they, after having these two superstars just come through. No, they need to get Rondé oh. back from Korea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Rondé where in Korea playing, Where he's playing bejeweled right now. By the way, uh, Brian Windhorst also uh, today dropped a little nugget to, to just say that keep an eye on Kyrie potentially to, to Phoenix this summer. Oh, man. Because he said there was oh. a lot of interest. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? They got if that, you're they... KD, do you really want to go through the Kyrie experiment again? Clearly they do. I think clearly they do. And I think that, yeah, I mean, that's very interesting because obviously Chris Ball has that like weirdly structured contract right. where it's only partially guaranteed. You can make some moves happen in that time. And of course, Dallas is not in a position having already given up assets to get Katie or Kyrie in the door in the first place. Worst case scenario, Kyrie really doesn't work out mm-hmm. and they need to move on from Kyrie as soon as this offseason. That does potentially make sense. Meanwhile, Kyrie, KD, 
Devin Booker, and I guess DeAndre Ayton around to get rebounds. Yeah. yeah Saban that sounds, Lee. That sounds great. That yeah, doesn't matter who Wayne, the rest right? of the team is, man. Campaign. Wow, these are all former Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, Mac Biombo? Yeah, I guess, I guess that is a big question if you think about Phoenix in the West. Uh, is Chris Paul kind of taking a step back this season? I but, mean, they're already essentially trying to man. trade him once. Yeah. But for Kyrie. Damn. No, shout out to Phoenix, man. Vibes were bad. Lost by 50 last year in game seven. Yeah. Had to make a big move. Got rid of their owner. And now they got KD. Damn. Yeah. Well, you also tweeted the how, how quickly the league moves because there's a real chance that the Suns play the Dallas Mavericks at some point in the playoffs. And it'll be KD versus Kyrie. Yeah, this would be wild, man. I want yeah. I want KD's playoff run to be LeBron, Kyrie, and then Steph. You know, or in some Ooh. order. I think that would be a... Yeah, this I like this. That would be, amazing. and I like that the, the East is a little bit more open again. Although I mean, it wasn't like the Raptors are going to shoot up there. Although they did get Jakob Proto. Have you heard this? I've, I've mentioned this twenty five yes, times on the show yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know if that's going to necessarily no, but move it up. Like you even that, think but. about the rest of this Raptors season now, right? Because I mm. think for, for for the last month or month and a half, we've been looking at them um, through like the lens of just like lottery odds or where they can end up, mm-hmm. right, for mm-hmm. the draft. So I mean, just looking at the Proto move, you know, alone, like. Do you feel like now the rest of the season, the goal is to win as many games as possible, get into the play-in, try to have that outside shot at, at, at the top six? That always seemed to be um, the direction that the Raptors intended to go. And I, I always really doubted like Masai's uh, appetite for a long-term rebuild. I, I definitely didn't think that was there at all. Mm-hmm. Potentially just based on how bad this season was and where they were in the standings. And again, like... Like I mentioned yesterday, the Raptors, I think yesterday before the games last night, um, they were, uh, what, two and a half games from the fifth best record in the lottery, uh, or the fifth best odds, and also 2.5 games back of eighth place in the Eastern Conference. So, right? so they in, need to pick the a direction. Yeah. The direction that the Raptors ultimately wanted to go in is to sort of continue building on this group. And look, listen, I think from the front office's perspective, they probably think that, look, there's a lot of talent here on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even though they're underperforming right now, that they can fix some of those things internally, right? Take mm-hmm. care of some of the players, you know, re- maybe redistribute the roster a slight bit, definitely bring a seven-footer, which was missing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll see if, like, if that can, you know, change their fortunes and, and get them to a better result. It's not like we weren't optimistic on the Raptors heading into this year. Of course, we also have, like, 50-plus games of evidence where the Raptors just look kind of really sorry in a lot of these games. But, like... You know, still, like, there is still that potential and that talent, and I think that that's what they're showing right now is that they want to sh- reinvest in this group. And you know what? If it doesn't work out ultimately, like, you could still make decisions on them after this. You could still sign them to their contracts. And, you know, again, if it really doesn't work out again, you can still make moves with the players under contract. These guys are all young. They're all fairly healthy. You know, you can make that decision. Of course, I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. I don't have a crystal ball. This is what the front office is really getting paid for is to make mm. sure that – um, there's a future here in Toronto and that they can continue building on it. And this is the choice that they made. They want to continue reinforcing this group. So at least we have a sense of direction um, in terms of their intention with this group. Yeah. We have another trade. Okay. Uh, this I is Andy Lou's team, right? This might be an update. The Warriors are trading for Gary Payton II for five second-round picks. And the Warriors are routing Kevin Knox to the Blazers via the multi-team deal with the Pistons. Hmm. How many second-round picks are there in the league? How's every (laughs) team choosing five second-round picks, man? Also, a lot of reunions just happening, man. Like, Gary Payne's going back. Right. Golden State, you know. Dwayne Dedman's going back to San Antonio. Is he? Yeah, well, I think he's getting bought out. Oh, okay, all right. (laughs) But that's a former Spur. Right. All right, like that move. You know, there's there's your KD stopper. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 
No, I mean, I'm happy. How about, how about getting the band back together, man? Where's Otto Porter, man? How Nine much toes did, deep. Shouts to Otto. Wow, man. Shouts to Otto, man. He, he, I was going to say, top 55 protected pick. Yeah. I, I've said it already, well, man. We can make that happen. No, like, we, I, I think I think everybody knows, like, the Warriors have been up and down. Steph's out for the next next month. But, you know, when, when they've been healthy and they've had their starting lineup, they're still one of the top teams, mm. even though they've been... I, I still don't understand why they struggle so much on the road. And you know, adding adding Gary Payne, you know, bring bring the band back together. Right. I mean, I still, I just think the Warriors need to get, and I don't know if they can. They need to get into at least the top six, or I don't even know if at this point they can get into the the top four because they're ninth right now. Because like, it's it's hard to make that playoff run from from the play in, or just not having home court advantage throughout. Yeah, like I don't care about all those records about how, like, those guys have never lost, really, like, when they've been fully healthy in the playoffs and stuff. Mm. Um, but, I mean, that's a good move for the Warriors. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. And again, what, uh, yeah, also, yeah. where are these the second-round yeah, coming from, man? This is really the new poo-poo plot. Okay. I, think, I think this is an update to the uh, James Wiseman to the Pistons for Sadiq Bey. And okay. I think it's included in that deal. Um, but it is all over the place pretty much right now. There's a lot of tweets coming through mm. with that one deal. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of second-round picks. With a few minutes left until the trade deadline, I was like, there have been reports about Bobby Marks and Adrian Wojnarowski saying that the Raptors might stand pat, although even though Shams is reporting that the Warriors are suitors for OGN and Obi, would you be surprised if the Raptors stand pat with the Yakupertal deal at the deadline? Uh, if, if that was the ultimate outcome of this trade deadline after all the discussions that we had... <laughs> I mean, are, are you, I, would you just be personally, personally upset? Personally, yeah. I'd be pretty upset. I mean, the content we, has been put out there into the oh ether and it has goodness. been consumed. Yeah. But no, but you, I just feel like obviously the, the trade deadline noise is always louder than what the specific thing that's going to happen mm-hmm. is, right? In fact, we've heard very little about how the Brooklyn Nets were going to completely turn it around and move all their pieces. And in, in the span of like three days, mm-hmm. you know, KD and Kyrie are out the door and they have an entirely new team. Um, but at the same time, you did hear a ton of noise about the Toronto Raptors and, like, what changed specifically. Was it the 4-3 and three road trip that changed for them? Was the negotiation um, for, you know, Jakob Pertl, did it come down to a point where they were more willing to go in that direction and they picked it? Was it just other teams from, like, you know, you, of course you have all these discussions, and, but until you really lay the cards out on the table, you don't really know what you have. Is it sort of just, like, um, you know, some of these offers for Gary or OG or Fred, they weren't really there. But I, it would leave me with a lot of questions because to me, it's like if the Raptors do stand pat in, in the next like, you know, five, six minutes here, you know, okay, so are you then re-signing Fred in the offseason? Mm-hmm. How much for, for how much, right? And are you re-signing Gary in the offseason and for how much? How much is it going to take to, you know, obviously you're going to re-sign Jakob Proto. You don't make this kind of trade unless you actually do re-sign him. In fact, if they don't re-sign him, it'd be a huge colossal failure, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, that they will. Um, how much of that is going to be on your team, you know, going forward? And then, of course, then you can't really give more money to OG because then you'd be in the tax. Mm. Can't really give more money to Pascal because you'd be in the tax. Then Precious is up for an extension. And then, you know, Scotty Barnes down the line is also down for, up for an extension. So you, I would have a lot of questions, right? There's a reason why there were so many um, uh, trade rumors about the Toronto Raptors. It wasn't just about the fact that, um, you know, they've been struggling. It wasn't just about the fact that they have um, certain players who, you know, um, were underperforming. I think for, for, for their perspective, it just made sense on paper Right, right now at the current moment, with again five minutes left to go here, you have three guys heading into free agency, unrestricted free agency at the same time. Yeah, no. To be honest, I was expecting either Fred or, or Gary to be moved uh, today, just based on 
based on the money situation. Gary, I mean, come on, man. They're, oh, he's, he's supposed, on his he's way. Be, he's supposed to be into the KFC on court On his way soon. to the KF court. Hey, basketball fans, see uh, you there. Yeah. Um, 3.30, I believe. Uh, he'll be there. But uh, we, we have a reporter at the KFC court, by the way, uh, Faisal Camiso. Oh, we do? There. So if there's any quotes from Gary, he has promised that he'll send it through. Oh, okay. It's a better source than, you know, my sourcing on Bobby Webster having a presser this Tuesday. That was a break. But Bobby, <laughs> some, somebody in the front office from the Raptors side will be there to answer questions yeah, as I said, later speaking. today. No, as well, I, think, so. I, think to your, I think to your point, though, you know, yes. Like, I, I, I would be very surprised if this was the only move. Um, and I think... Like you mentioned, you know, the clock is, is ticking on these decisions in terms of the free agents this summer. And then, you know, the decision on Pascal and OG, you essentially giving yourself like this two-year window then um, to kind of figure this stuff out. And it's like, yeah, the, mon- the money just doesn't add up to me. Like when you think about having to, to pay all of these guys. I mean, you committing, you going into the luxury tax and all of this for, for this core group? No. First off, the right. answer is definitively right. no. The Raptors have gone into the luxury tax, I believe, once in their history, mm-hmm. um, and it was for the championship. Right. So. And to be honest, it's not just like, oh, they're being cheap about it. This team is not worth going into the tax for. Yeah. So. No, I'm with you. Yeah, we'll so, see. I mean. We'll see here. Two minutes to go. Any Anything else, Jared? Any Anything breaking or no? No. There's actually nothing happening. Everyone's pretty much waiting for this last domino to fall if the reports are true if the Warriors and Raptors could make a deal before OG and Anobi. Um, obviously, we reported uh, earlier today that Chance was thinking or saying that the Warriors are suitors for an OG and Anobi trade, and we saw so many dominoes fall that they, that could happen. So uh, I know there's a few minutes left in the trade deadline. A lot can happen within, mm. not even just at 3 o'clock p.m., but even just a few minutes afterwards. Right. No, we're starting to see the... You know, some of the deals start to wrap up, though. You're starting to see the reports of, like, you know, like you mentioned. Guys are staying put. Yeah, yeah. The, the report. John Collins is staying put. Report. Christian Wood is indeed staying put in Dallas. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. didn't. I wasn't worried about this, <laughs> man. Give me real news. Don't just tweet did, the tweet out uh, there. Did you also see that uh, Damian Lillard is committed to Portland? Yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was not surprised to see that it was Chris Haynes who put it out, man. Yeah. No, um, shouts to that. They got a good connection over there. Um <sighs> No, but seriously though, wow, this is 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 this a little underwhelming? This is a little underwhelming. I feel underwhelmed. Not from the Raptors' perspective. I think the trade deadline overall definitely delivered. The Lakers made their moves. Russell Westbrook, you know, got flipped. Oh, know. this has been a splashy trade deadline, man. Like you yeah. just even need to talk about the KD trade. Yeah, like that's it's been wild. But is there a clock ticking right now? Sound effect? Oh, oh okay. shout out to I, um, I definitely don't want to feel just, intense enough with, with the deadline itself. Thanks, 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 Derek. We're no, gonna I feel think. Even worse. But I think this was always one of the one of the scenarios, right? Like I think was one of the scenarios. We just get Yakaporto and we talk about it for two hours. I mean, was yeah. I mean, you know, this wow. is coming from two guys who did Thaddeus Young trade analysis for two. Oh hours man, season, I was, so. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Every I'm, season we just break down one Spurs <laughs> trade. <laughs> so now there's a third report. We had we had Woj reported. We had Bobby Marks reported. Now we have Zach Lowe saying on TV that. He's thinking that the Raptors are going to be staying put at the deadline. There's five seconds until the deadline. <laughs> I'm thinking the same at this point, man. Oh, man. Oh, my Lord. Right. Oh, my God. Well, it's over. <laughs> it's over, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so, um, you know, look, we will be on the lookout for more potential trades, um, and we will hold on just a little bit here just to see if anything kind of trickle through here, but... At the moment, it seems like the Raptors just got Yaka Pertle. Yeah, great this trade deadline, man. From the Toronto as, Raptors as, uh, Yeah, at this moment. 
Um, <laughs> this guy's like, why did I spend two months? No, we literally talking about every oh player goodness. in the league. Oh my goodness! So many no. scenarios. No, but this was always a scenario that was going to okay, happen. Look. Did people not mm-hmm. warn you that you know, like we know the we know this front office, you know? Okay, look, they objectively, objectively, yeah. the Raptors did improve from where they were like prior to the deadline. Yes, but so they... from that perspective, like of course there should be um, optimism if you like the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are pretty out on this, con- like this specific core. They're ready to look for a different of combination of players, yeah. and that didn't happen for them. And I can understand why they're upset. No, trust for me. me I'm just upset because we spent so much time talking about this. Yeah, and we, we Yaka Proto could be a ten minute conversation. It didn't need to be this this big of a of a thing. But no, it's all good, you know. man. I just wanted more content. You know, I was, I was predicting a Kelly Oubre for a second rounder, but you know that's uh, mm. you know we still have time for that. But yeah, no, my I guess my big question would be if this is this is the this is the situation and there's no more deals mm. coming through. Like I guess the biggest thing is like you know the future with with OG. Like you know all the talk about him. Being unhappy, How's wanting to walk that one back. By the no, way, he's but, just gonna be like, I, I didn't say I wanted to be traded. You know, what I like, mean? do you want a bigger role? He's like, everyone wants a bigger role. Because, like, how, like, what is that? Is that situation just gonna carry over into the summer now? Apparently, and that's something that they're gonna explore. Yep. Can they find a way for him to just, you know, move forward? You know, convince him and Rich Paul mm. that it's okay. You know, mm. elite three and D guys get max deals too, man. Okay, let, let's hear your grade. For, let's hear your grade. My grade, yeah, um, on, on the Raptors trade. Team wise, so far. team wise, I'll give them a, I'll give them a C. Yeah, that's just this is a, content wise. I would give them a D minus. Oh, content wise, this is an F. Man. You can't, <laughs> I can't believe that we spent. Oh my god, I'm sick. I, I'm, I, again, I'm not sick because the Raptors didn't like. Will in general just doesn't, you know, trade trade rumor <laughs> talk just isn't like on the top three things of his, you know. No, I just Favorite. mean like he's a if we talk about it for this long, yeah. I wanted something more to happen. Of course. And I think from that I've perspective, been... it just didn't happen. And now I have a yeah. lot of questions. And yeah. we will be asking those questions to the front office when they are finally made available to media later today. I'm sure um, the introduction for Yaka Proto can probably take place today, considering the fact that he was literally in Toronto. Um, and and <laughs> what did you say your sources were telling you? Yaka Proto know, after no. the game? <laughs> No more sourcing. No more sourcing. Me, All right. Well, just so no, I don't think Jakob left the city. Let's yeah, just say don't that. think he left the city. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure we could just do the introductory press conference. Or maybe the, the the front office doesn't have to wait. So too what's long the sh- so what's the shift now for the but... for the rest of the season? We just we just going for we're going for that okay. top six. So the shift what's is the energy. Who is start, who is our starting five going to be? Okay. Because of the fact that we now have six guys who are contending for starting spots, maybe even seven with with Precious involved. Mm-hmm. But I think Precious definitely behind uh, Jakob Proto in that sense. So that's a big question. That's the first one for me. Number two is going to be um, you know what positions are are, are uh, Scotty and Precious going to play long term? Because now you have a long term center in your in the middle, so they're clearly not going to be playing as much center. They can play their spot. Uh, and a spot minutes, but they're not going to continuously play there, which means they're going to have mm-hmm. to find ways to make that happen on the wing. I think I'm going to be thinking about, okay, so is Gary and Fred, are they going to be going into free agency with the intent of coming back to the Raptors, or is it going to be a sign-and-trade situation? Because you definitely can't let these guys leave the team without any actual compensation, which now now that the trade deadline has passed, that you know window has closed. Um, so you definitely need to then now secure them either to reasonable deals or sign and trade them in the offseason. Then it's the OJ Anobi conundrum of like, okay, so, you know, can that, um, you know, can can he be happy with that group and all that kind of stuff? Is What's, what's all that? What's, what's happening with that? And then I think on top of it, you just really have to have 
um, a, a newer sort of way of playing because now all of a sudden you do have that true seven footer in the middle, right? It you know so does that change the way the Raptors play defense? You know what that really looks like overall. And yeah, I mean there'll be plenty of basketball topics to talk about actually after the trade deadline. But for right now, um, the Raptors really just did one deal, and <laughs> you seem so disappointed. Yeah. I'm just disappointed because we talked about it. For What's like up, Jared? We got some. Months. We got some news. Yeah, Shams just reported that he hasn't heard any moves for the Raptors. <laughs> He's just throwing us <laughs> yeah, nothing. You, you, you and and Grange, that, and Grange, which we'll have, we'll have him in a few minutes. Uh, says that barring any last minute deals, he's sensing that the Raptors are going to be standing pat and leaving it at acquiring Pato. Mm. All right. Well, by the way, we're going to be hearing <laughs> Herbie <laughs> Coon announce Yaka Proto over and over again in Scotiabank Arena again. And That's a winner of this deal. Shouts to Herbie. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break right here. Uh, I've been your host, William Liu, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. On the other side of this break, we are going to call up Michael Grange and get a sense of what he's heard about the team so far and sort of like, you know, answer some of those questions we just presented because right now, a lot of confusion on the Raptors front. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Liu. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, and also producer and I guess also co-host right now, JR Manitad. Budding star. Yeah? Mm. What, what, what would you give? Uh, we graded the Raptors trade deadline, which was just a, a question mark. I don't know if you ever submitted an assignment to to your, your teacher and they just put a question mark. They're like, you didn't answer any of the questions here? I'd give JR a four, man. Yeah? On the annual review. All right. That's how we do it here at OMP. <laughs> You don't get to ask questions, Jer. Okay. Yeah, right, you're Jared. just here to deliver. No, you're only here to deliver Shams and Woj updates. No, shout out to Jeremy Manitad, um, Derek Brandale, Jennifer Rolnick. That's right. Everybody our, helping. Our so. team here. And, of course, we're joined by another Sportsnet colleague, Michael Grange, who is, uh, I believe, down at the Raptors practice facility right now. you down bad. Grange, what's going on, man? What's the reaction in the in the room? Because um, we couldn't be there. <laughs> a lot of, really? Is that all? Is that it? I mean, it, 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 um, it kind of felt like that, you know, there just was no real hints of anything significant going on after, you know, basically since one in the morning. And, uh, yeah, just, I'm sure the reaction here is no different than reaction in your little uh, space there. And just, uh, just seems like a really strange standalone move. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's defensible in the sense of, you know, the goal is to, get better with each transaction and, you know, trading Jakob Pertl for uh, Kem Birch and a future first. Like, you're, yeah, you have more good players, another a better player on your roster than you did uh, yesterday. But how this fits in bigger picture and is it worth, you know, the you know the potential draft, the pick you gave up with the protections on it? I mean, I don't know. That's a, That's a tough one. Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm looking forward to what Masai says because it's just also been announced that Masai will speak um at four PM. So I'm curious to hear, you know, some of the questions um to Masai about this very thing because I think there are a lot of questions left unanswered, Grange, because for me it's like, you know, okay, does this mean Fred is coming back or is he going? And if he goes, then okay, can you work out a sign and trade? Because that's not a lot of great 
value being accumulated there. Um, same thing with Gary. And then, of course, like the whole OG question. And then, of course, on top of that, how is Jakobs fitting with this group? Maybe we'll address those in order. But right now, I mean, what's your sense? Is, is Fred and Gary coming back? Like, is I, I would think so. I mean, okay. uh, you know, the, to me, you know, if you make the move to acquire Jakob and at the same time, you know, you know that Fred and Gary are likely free agents. And by the way, Jakob's a free agent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know we've talked about this before is you have to be absolutely certain that you can bring back uh, Gary and Fred or you have a means to create value for them from them in the off season through a sign of trade, which is like, you can't depend on that. Like that's, uh, you know, they're pretty rare transactions that actually really work out. So to me, it signals that it's a, it's a, they're doubling down on this group. They're doubling down on this style of play. Um, if you, as a result of this or somehow sideways of this, um, don't, bring back both Gary and Fred and don't generate some good returns on really good players, like really good players who start for you that have value. Um, That's, that's, that's a real screw up. Like that's a big mistake. So um, I think, you know, and look, that's nothing Bobby, Bobby and Masai and everyone else wouldn't know. Like, I mean, I don't think they're, this is something that slipped their mind. <laughs> you know, I think that they have somehow calculated that, yeah, we can bring these guys back. There's probably a number. We can do all three. We might have to make another roster move. Maybe it's, you know, moving off a little bit, a little bit more money. Um, but to me, when you bring back, um, you know, when you make the move for Yaka Pearl and trade future assets to make it happen, um, I think you're investing in the group as it is. And, it's a big investment because, you know, J.D. Bunk has summed it up pretty well in, in a tweet just a few minutes ago. But in theory, Jakob Pearl should make the team better this year. So your draft position this year is getting worse. Like you're, you're going to be, you know, trying for the play-in, maybe make a run at a playoff spot. Um, you're, you, you know, you, you've, you've put your pick next year. Um, you know, you're kind of committed to keeping that. You know, it's sort of being a playoff team again the next, until that, that pick conveys. And uh, you're doing it all with a team that right now is four games under 500 and still has gaps, as, as we would all know. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I do feel like if you were to move in this buying direction, you wouldn't you not have added a little bit more help, especially off the bench, especially as a shooter off the bench? I mean, like, I think it makes complete sense to add a center to this group. I think they've been kind of crying out for one for a while. Um, but it does kind of feel like even though they moved in this direction, they probably could have continued moving in this direction. But listen, ultimately, I guess we don't know all the offers that were made, and perhaps maybe they just didn't get good offers for OG and, and Gary and, and, and Fred. Is that is that possible, Grange? I mean, that cuts both ways, though, right? Because um, I would say you can only conclude that the, the offers they got for any of their players weren't enough for them to, to part with them. Otherwise, I presume, you know, they would, right? Mm. Um, but then when you look at what some of the prices were on some of the players that did move, like you mentioned, you know, this is a team that needs shooting. Well, Luke Kennard, what did he move for? Two second-round picks? I don't, like, you know, they can kind of go down sure. through, yep. through the list. Like, there's some, 
you know, like if you were willing to put any number of second round picks up to five, it seems like. <laughs> that was <laughs> a magic number this year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you you could get some pretty good quality rotation players, certainly players I think it would be in the rotation on this team. Mm-hmm. So, and yet they didn't do that either. Um, and you could also kind of argue that, I don't know, Jakob Pertle and overpay based on all the deals that were out there? Mm. Like how many first round picks were traded today? Yeah, well, it's for, for not for not Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, that's obviously very different. That's he's worth every single one of those. That's, yeah, that's my point, though, right? Yeah, well, is is like there's a lot of pretty good players traded. There weren't a lot of you know the Raptors were one of the very few teams that gave up a first round pick with and a pretty lightly protected one too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that can you know it's, it's got three years to convey. So it's not one of those ones you give it up for a year, you know, and then a year later it turns into magic dust um so you know i'm not even convinced they paid a, a good price for yaka i mean they did in the sense that it didn't cost them much off their roster but you know um yeah so that, that, then we can move on to the other issues but the, the, the whole thing as you can tell i'm still kind of processing it but <laughs> as i process it there's okay. nothing that jumps out to me that says wow this is i really get this and and most of the time when they've made moves you know the the years I've been covering them, I kind of go, yeah, I, I get this. This one makes sense, or I see their logic. And this one, uh, it escapes me a little bit. Mm. Yeah, just interrupting you guys. Um, from from multiple sources, um, from the Clippers side, apparently Raptors wanted Terrence Mann and potentially a first-round pick included for Fred, and that's why uh, no deal was done between those two sides. And, and Shams just said on a show that Toronto and Chicago felt like the East became more open with KD being traded to Phoenix. So that's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess. it did, it did, but I mean, wow. the Nets still look like they have a pretty good team. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> on the Clippers side, I'm a little confused by that. Why would the Clippers not do that deal? I guess they like Trey man would be my guess, right? Like, I mean, they like Trey man. They don't want to give up an, unper- you know, a, a, a good first, um, you know, like I guess maybe with Eric Gordon, Gordon's a pretty good playmaker, I think, especially if he's, you know, he doesn't have to, and Bones Island is a guy who could generate some offense for you, so maybe they just found us. But those are both shoe-first guards. I thought that was the issue with the Clippers' roster construction was all their point guards were shoe-first guards and that they weren't necessarily getting the team into their offense, which is obviously heavily half-court based with... uh, are we mad at the Clippers because they wouldn't take Fred? Is that your point? No, I just, like, I'm confused on both ends. <laughs> I'm from the Raptors' perspective. That doesn't sound like that much in return, especially considering the fact, and that's not to me to say that I don't like Terrence Mann or that I don't value a potential first-round pick coming back, but to me it was like, okay, if you're going to win, if you're going to try to do something with this roster now, which is what you've done with Jakob Pertl, how does Terrence Mann improve your team as compared to Fred? Especially in the shooting department, especially when you got a guy like Jakob Pertl who's very good at operating in dribble handoffs or coming out of the post and, and setting screens for guys, that's a pick-and-roll player that you're going to now need more guard play to surround him with and also more shooting to surround him with to get the maximum value out of that style of player, at least in the offensive side of the floor. Fred seems to fit that more than what Terrence Mann would have. So I'm a little confused as to sort of the direction there. And then, of course, like, you know, there was a lot of second talks of, okay, Golden State jumping into the OG Anobi thing and, you know, it seems a report I've seen on the timeline here, and who knows if this is right or wrong, but it seems like the Raptors were clearly interested in, in Jonathan Kaminga. I'm confused. These are these, these point towards two different directions. Granger, are you also confused? 
Here yeah, no, I, I I agree, and, and like uh, I heard that Memphis was there was a chance at Memphis, and you kind of go down the list of those opportunities, and uh, you know maybe the draft picks would have made them a little more palatable, but you know it was hard for both of those teams, especially once Memphis got off Danny Green, to uh, to make a deal that made sense with OGN and Obi, um, and and I share your like that's the point is you're not coming out of this trade deadline for all the discussion and conversation that really has been going on since training camp mm-hmm. <laughs> about, yeah. you know, cause, cause, you know, that's been a message from the beginning is this group needed the opportunity to, to prove itself to, you know, they earned it based on last year. Um, it's a growing group and, you know, we're going to give it another period. That's why we've more or less stood bad and fortified. Um, and yet here we are game 55 and look, even if you can argue that they've underachieved and it's been a little bit of bad basketball luck, but I think even with good basketball luck, they'd be three or four games over 500, right? Like, I don't think there's been any evidence this team is prepared to be really good, uh, based on who they have. And then, and yet you have invested in it and you've, so your direction seems to be status quo mm. versus kind of, you know, peeling back and saying, you know, you've got Gary Trent, who's 24, you've got OG Ananobi, who's 25, you've got uh, Pascal Siakam, or sorry, um, Scotty Barnes, is 21, and Pastor Chichua, that's 23. Right. You could, you know, like if they had come out of this and, and they had moved on from Fred Van Vliet and maybe constructed the deal that they were going to revisit in the summer around uh, Pascal Siakam, guys who at that point would be 20, 29 years old, each of them, um, you know, that, if, that would make sense. We go, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, like these guys are been great for us. Uh, they helped us win a title. They're going to do great things at their next stop. But for good reason, we've got great return. And, and we're kind of taking a step back. And we're going to build around these, you know, the 25 and under crowd. Everyone would understand that, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, or if maybe they were more aggressive on the buy side, if they kind of, you know, put more pick equity. I'm not saying I would have recommended it, but if they put more pick equity into the market and, you know, and, and added and filled more than one hole, right? So if they added more bench depth, more shooting, something, backup point guard, something, um, in addition to Jakob Curl, we go, okay, you know what? We've really done a lot of math on this. Um, we really think our, our talent is way above our record, and there's a few fixes we can make that – we think will make us a top 14 in the East and just watch us. Okay. You know, that's interesting too. I, again, maybe not, I wouldn't buy it, but it's at least a direction. Right. Um, I think you're sitting here and why our conversation is going the way it is, is because we don't know. There's no discernible, really obvious logic other than, you know, let's try and make a, make the play in this year, which by the way is something that besides Jerry is, consistently said, you know, that's not something he's going to go to his way to try and make happen. Well, theoretically, um, Grinch, they could still tag the rest of the season. They didn't, they didn't trade this pick. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, um, it, yeah. I guess, I guess they could, you know, but, uh, um, and again, that's the other thing. I've had, they sold off a bunch of players, everyone but Scotty and said, no, we're, we're in for scoot. Um, you know, we'd all nod our heads and go, yeah, we get that too. This is the one direction that I think all of us are kind of going, uh, explain this again. Yeah. Uh, because they haven't explained it the first time. Yeah, well, I just think is because now there's just so much pressure. They've kind of put themselves in a corner to just have to win next season and having to face all these decisions in the summer, like you guys outlined, right? Like bringing back 
Fred, Gary, and Jakob dealing with the OG situation. And even beyond that, like you mentioned, like they still have to fill some needs on this roster, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of questions that they're punting in the summer, but they've also kind of like, I think one of the things for the Raptors coming in and as an advantage for them coming in the deadline was like, oh, all these available options was open to them. Like some of the ones that you outlined, right, Grange? Like in terms of like maybe going with Scotty's timeline and like retooling a little bit. And now it seems like they've closed off some of those options for themselves and kind of put themselves in a position where they have to, you know, address these issues in the summer. And their their option right now for next next year is is to win. Yeah, I, I agree. And and have they made that, that more likely? And you know, when you talk about the free agents, they'll have to, you know, figure out numbers four and somehow fit in. Um, you know, you're going to have to revisit the Pascal Siakam extension. You're going to be looking at a Sasachua extension. Um, and you're, you know, all of a sudden you're going to have a year-long, uh, you know, maybe OG and OB gets traded in the summer. And a lot of this makes a little bit more sense because um, there'll be more, maybe there'll be more players who can get in that market. Um but yeah, a lot has been pushed off for the summer. I and as a, and I agree with you, Alex. I don't see, you know, how they've kind of made those decisions easier than they they are now. And um, so it's just, it's, I'm actually going to be very interested to hear what what Messiah has to say. I suspect, yeah. you know, he'll somehow make it make sense. But you know, it's going to be a little harder than normal. <laughs> Grange, um, my last question here before we let you go. Um, could you not have just traded for Jacoproto last offseason? Like last last year at this time, you could have potentially traded for Jacoproto. And obviously, this is like with hindsight. You could have done essentially two first-round picks. You could have gotten for two playoff runs. Uh, or, I mean, actually, right now, you don't even know if there will be a playoff run this summer. But you could have gotten for last year's playoff run. You know, you would have had somebody at least to, to stand in the middle and be seven foot against Joel Embiid. And, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, what are we yeah, doing? No, like, I, I mean, I'm I mean, so confused, this, Grange. This, yeah. Well, this time last year, the price was. You know, they really wanted Jakob Pertl. Clearly. Um, we've, we've done were, they, the one thing were, we've heard you know, over were, and over again. Yeah, they were willing to go to two picks. Um, you know, the Spurs just didn't seem ready to engage. Maybe they would have even gone higher than that. But it was really just more, my impression was that the Spurs were kind of holding out for a home run offer and, and the Raptors blocked. But, you know, and it's interesting, and, and I tweeted something about this uh, this morning. I can't remember. I'm pretty groggy. But, and it's not really a second guess, but, you know, I think it is worth bringing up that when uh, they made that decision to, to trade for Thad and, you know, what it was effectively, you know, the Raptors' first-round pick for the Spurs' second-round pick, so it ended up being you're picking 20 instead of 33. or sorry, 33 instead of 20. And at the time, right, it, the, the explanation or the rationale was, like, moving down 10, 11, 12, it ended up being 13 spots in, in uh, the first round, or sorry, in, in the draft order period, was not that big a deal. That the material difference in, you know, the players that would be available in that draft in the 20s versus the, you know, the early 30s were comparable. And that's proven a mistake, right? Like, we all know that now. And it's, it is, for sure, it's hindsight to say, wow, you could add Walker Kessler, but you know, when you are actively making a decision and saying, you know what, moving down, uh, you know, what ended up being, I think, 13 places in the draft uh, is not that big a deal because if we can still get a player comparable. You know, that's the logic. And, it, you know, ignoring who particular players are involved, it's been proven to be, you know, that was a mistake. 
right? Like uh, that was, you know, we all left that. Dude, it was, you know, I think some other intangibles, but, you know, had you maintained that draft position and you, you know, decided that Walker Kessler was the right pick, which is your job to do, right? Like that's the whole point of this whole exercise Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, making sure you pick the right player. Um, Then a lot of the stuff, would have you would have avoided a ton of it. <laughs> You'd have a better team this year. You wouldn't be, you know, feeling the need to trade for water for Yaku Pirtle and putting a twenty four pick in the mix. Um and on and on. And and so, you know, these little kind of calculations, each of them bear carry weight. And for a long time, you know, I think we we're the Raptors would come out ahead on each of those little calculations. We can all cite the examples and you know, it's that hasn't necessarily been the case uh, the last little while, and I think that's maybe why going into this and then coming out of it with a kind of a, a picture that still feels a bit muddled, you're kind of waiting for um, you you people are a little bit more skeptical, I think, as to uh, the whole thought process involved. Mm. All right, Grange, um, look forward to hearing some of these same questions. Uh you know, asked of Masai in a couple of minutes here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a busy day for all of us, but I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Sure. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, we are going to take our final break. Before we go to our final segment, we're going to bring in Blake Murphy, who I'm sure has all the details on uh, Jakob Prado's improvements in San Antonio, and also mm. ask him some of the same questions. We're all very confused with the Raptors in the trade deadline for the second summer in a row. Do they have... Any other number in the league other than San Antonio's? <laughs> I'm, just cu- I'm just curious. Still R.C. Buford? Um, yeah, it's R.C. Buford, and it's uh, Brian Wright, I think, oh, who okay. I think is friends with. Uh, no, it was just like, we've made a lot of trades with San Antonio. Yes. That's all. I mean, so um, we will we will answer those tough questions. But in the meantime, uh, I want to say thank you to Jr. Um, you know, low usage player in, in this segment here, but definitely <laughs> high value, high efficiency overall. appreciate you for helping us with, uh, you know, trade deadline coverage, and uh, we're going to go to that final break. So you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To the Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. I'm your host, William Liu. Continue to my producer and co-host, Alex Wong. And for the final segment, and to make some sense of a very, very confusing trade deadline for the Toronto Raptors, is Blake Murphy. Blake, we can't even play your theme song today because we just got to hop right into it. We have limited amount of time. Okay, so first off, um, your reaction to Blake this old Murphy. No way. No way. Show us to Derek Brandale. I believe he did that live. Oh, that's <laughs> right amazing. Now. Wow. That's really good. Um, mm. I'm impressed. Okay, so that that was the highlight of the trade deadline, Blake. But uh, your reaction to what the Toronto Raptors did, and then we'll get into what this means for the summer because I think we have a ton of questions, especially with how they're going to make this all work with three free agents going into free agency at once. I'll tell you right away. Uh, I am more impressed with the work Derek Brandeo has done today mm. than the work that Toronto Raptors for. Oh, let's go. Wow. Damn. But Blake, um, I thought we were... Bing bong. 
But Blake, I thought we were owned by the the the, the same team that the the same company that owns the Raptors. Yeah, so look, I thought we can't say anything negative about the team. That's uh, a thing, uh, and like the media carries Masai's water, and we yeah, won't yeah. ask him anything tough at four. I won't ask him anything tough at four because I will be here on air. Yeah, uh, you can hear that press conference live on Sports at Five Ninety, mm. the fan, and then I'll, uh, we'll be reacting out of it. Uh, but I will not physically be there to shout and wave my pitchfork. Um, just the side. No, people are going to throw tomatoes on the street. Just the side. Because they didn't trade Fred. This okay, is right. yeah. pretty underwhelming. Yeah, and no kidding, more, man. More so, than, more so than underwhelming, you know, I think since the championship season, since the moment Kawhi left, the question has been, well, what's the path from here? What's the timeline? Uh -huh, yeah. And there was obviously a grace period of a run it back year where everything went so well and they were kind of the best story in the league until the pandemic hit. And then the Tampa tank, everyone could get past it because, well, it's one lost year and Scotty Barnes or whoever you were dreaming on in the draft. And then last year felt more like 2019, 2020. But even at last year's deadline, we were like, okay, what is the, what's the plan, right? And you didn't have to decide as firmly because everyone was under contract. They have run basically the same thing back. They, they made the Thad move last year, which, you know, I, it, I don't think was a home run, but you can at least understand why they'd want to bring in a, a vet and slide down on the draft and yeah, Walker Kessler, et cetera. But you can at least understand it mm. heading into last off season. We were all kind of in the same spot of like, okay, let's find out now. Are you going this way? Or are you going that way? And they continued to roll it over and, and patience is a good thing in general because it keeps you from making poor reactionary moves, but it can get to a point where you're too dug into what you've committed to um, and somehow without committing to either path. So my biggest issue with this deadline is it feels very half measure. Um, obviously, they're not in a place in the standings right now where a big win, move, win now move would have made sense unless it's a star tier player with term on his contract, right? And that, and that person didn't really move. And the ones who did probably wouldn't have wanted to come to Toronto with the quality of this team right now. So, okay, then you look ahead to, well, how can you make this team better for deep into the future if the plan is to build around Scotty? And that's move some of these OG Fred Gary pieces for big halls that help your future look. Mm. They didn't do that. And then it's like, okay, well, then the move needs to be, how do you make your team better for, say, next year and the year after? While you have Siakam under contract still, you have OG under contract still. If you re-sign Fred, he's still in the good part of the, the development curve, the aging curve. And what they did with that is they paid win now prices for that small marginal upgrade for next year. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Jakob Pertl. Mm -hmm. I think that you drop him back into a defense with good perimeter defenders. I know the Raptors perimeter defense hasn't been that good this year, um, but a large part of that is trying to account for the lack of rim protection. Jakob's rim protection numbers have gone down. But a lot of that is, well, the perimeter defense has gone in San Antonio. So maybe this is a great marriage defensively. Maybe having a rim runner and someone who sets actual good screens with good angles. Scotty's improved a lot with that. But Jakob immediately becomes their best screen setter, their best role man. Maybe that stuff helps. But it doesn't help in a meaningful way to where I'm comfortable giving up a first-round pick in two seconds. And people can feel differently about the value of first round picks and the value of second round picks. And yeah, 2024 pick is some teenager right now. You don't, he might be nothing. He might be something. And that's a trade asset you could use again in the off season to, mm -hmm. to make a deal. Um, those second round picks usually end up being nothing, but one second round pick gets you 20% of a Jay Crowder. 
I'm kidding. I mean. I'm kidding. Um, but the second round picks are useful, right? Yeah. Like, like you found Norm and you found Christian Coloco. And if you believe in those guys and your ability to draft and, and identify talent and develop, those picks should be valuable to you. Mm. Um, at, at least such that they're not an afterthought. This trade to me seems like they treated those picks like an afterthought. Nice to get out of Kem's money for next year. That probably cost you one of the seconds at least. At least. So that's, it's really, that's seven it's, million. Yeah. Um, but even then, say it costs you both of the seconds. Yeah. A first round pick for the right to pay Jakob Pertle full freight in free agency. Right. And that deal from, you know, what I can gather, he's gonna ask for about twenty million. The Spurs were in the fifteen million range. So we're probably looking at that deal ending up you know, four years, 64 million to four years, 72 million. If we split the difference on, on those two okay. points right. and that's, you know, that's starter center money. And you just paid a first round pick and debatably two seconds just to like have dibs on paying them for that. Worse than that, because you didn't do any subsequent moves for the rest of this year, you're just kind of there. Like you're going to make the playoffs. You're not going to be a threat in the playoffs. So we can, Maybe it doesn't work out this way, but I think we're done talking about Wemby and Scoot and stuff. Like this, team, this team's probably going to accidentally make the playoffs now. Yeah. Um, they're already back in the playing game because they won three games, and no one in the East can win three games. Um, Jakob Proto helped us with the outside too. So yeah. So like nice assist. They're they've hurt their their draft stock for this year. They've traded sure. a pick yep. for next year. They've traded away their second round pick this year in a draft that's supposed to be pretty good. And even if it's not that good, you can use that second to move up uh, to do other things. It feels like. They had to pick a path, and, you know, if it forks this way, they just kind of walk through the long grass in the middle of it. They mm. didn't pick one of those, and we're going to continue forward. Where What is the talking point going to be come July 1st next year? All our shows between the playoffs and free agency. What is the direction of this team? What is the timeline? Which pieces are actual pieces of the core? It's okay to kick that down the line once in a while, but they have continued to do it, and, and in Again, it might turn out okay, but we can talk about the cap situation. They are going to be in a tough position. Like, they yeah. do not have a lot of leverage. They do not have a lot of breathing room. And if one of Fred, Gary, or Yak leaves, and you've basically paid a first-round pick to once again be a play-in caliber team, mm. it's going to look not great. Like, what did we talk about at the Raptors Republic thing the other night? Part of the reason they haven't been able to develop the next wave of bench talent is because that's the legacy cost of pushing so many picks in to build up to a championship. And obviously that's worth it, but you're not winning a championship this year. It just, it feels like they didn't want to pick a path, but they didn't want to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so they overpaid to do a move that makes them better, but not in a serious enough way. Like, is this team beating Boston or Milwaukee or Philly in a playoff series? Yeah. Um, no, probably okay. not, right? So, okay, really quickly, in terms of the, the the cap situation, right, because now you have three pending free agents. The Raptors, you know, I mean, look, listen, this is not going to be cheap. None of these, the, one of the issues the Raptors have is outside of pressures, and I suppose Scotty, um, they don't have, like, productive players on rookie scale deals that really does now put you into a situation where you are going to be pressed up against the tax and whatever the Raptors are comfortable going up to the level of the tax, but clearly it's not a team being um, in a position right now where they should be paying the tax. What does it look like if they have to retain Fred, Gary and uh, Jakob Proto without trading, let's say OG or God forbid Pascal. Okay, so OG and Pascal are on the books. Uh, we'll keep Chris Boucher on the books for now. Uh, you, of course, have Scotty, Precious, Malachi. Um, let's assume, 
let's let's do it first with no trade assumptions. Yeah, so, sure, okay. Um, but we'll assume you waive Thad because he only has one million dollars guaranteed. So we're we're okay. trying to carve out that space, and you could probably find a home for Otto Porter Jr. But we're not going to do that just yet because we you, you know you might have to pay to do that, or you might um you know it might not happen. Might have you to might, use a second might, round pick to do that. Yeah, and, you uh, might or you just, might want to keep him it. or whatever and see if his toes been located. Um. Okay. So what you have already then with with just those things and i i've plugged in the the cap number for let's say the raptors pick 15th mm. say they're the worst playoff team kind of the worst case scenario for how the season could play out right you're the worst playoff team and, and you get bounced and you're not in the lottery that already totals 97.6 million the cap next year or the tax line next year is expected to be 162 million okay that could change a little bit but roughly then the raptors are looking at 68 million and change if we don't include their first round pick. If we do include their first round pick, they've got 64.4 million. Mm-hmm. And that is Fred, Gary, Jakob, any end of roster kind of stuff. Like we're not we're not talking about like that's only 10 guys. Um so if you re-sign those guys, that's 13. You got to get at least one more in there. Mm-hmm. So 64.4 for Fred, Gary, Jakob and whatever you want to use of say the mid-level exception or or in trade and stuff like that. 64.4 million to go across just those three guys does not feel like enough, does it? That doesn't seem doable because I think Fred wants 30. Gary, probably at minimum, like 22, you have to think, at minimum, right? Well, what, what did Grange say with you guys, 490 or something like that? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, again, that that you're you're in the 20s there. And then, of course, you've now traded for Jakob Pertl, who, I don't know. I mean, I suppose you could say, that like, hey, um, we'll give you I mean, what's what's a competitive offer, Jakob? 17, 18? Yeah, I think 15's on the low end. Like, if you go lower okay. than 15, he By probably way, starts looking elsewhere. So even you don't if actually you, have leverage here. Yeah. So okay. if you are at, let's say you go 15. Let's say you go 30 for Fred, 20 for Gary, and 15 for Jakob, which if you get those three guys for 65 million, I think you're you're in pretty good shape. Well, you are over the tax, just mm. narrowly, and you also only have 12 players. Okay. It's pretty tight, right? It's interesting. It's interesting. Well, I mean, we can definitely see more moves, I suppose, happen mm-hmm. at the draft and, uh, in, and obviously in free agency and stuff like that. Of course, you can you can make these things happen. Um, before we go, I mean, I feel like we haven't, we've literally done this whole show for two hours and we haven't really talked about what Yacoprado can bring to the Toronto Raptors, mostly because we were waiting on to see the other shoes to drop. There were no other shoes to drop. So, okay, so what are, we, what are the Raptors getting in Yacoprado? And how has he improved since he was last in Toronto? Yeah, they're getting a guy who obviously they they know well and they they like a lot, who's improved a lot since we last saw him in Toronto uh, last night's game, notwithstanding, because that wasn't a very good one. But he's been able to... Why would you play that hard for a practice? Yeah. Um, Plus, you're trying to pad Pascal's stats for him. What what was it, like four of those eight first quarter buckets are against Jakob? Yeah, fine. fine. Um, So he's improved the scope of his offensive role, um, the, the volume of his offensive role, but... He's who he is. He's going to score on three-plus offensive rebounds a game, and he's going to be a rim runner. He probably slots in as their best screener, um, and, and that's nice. That can help you stretch the floor by by vertically spacing it and having the defense suck in. Um, it's not three-point shooting, but it, it is a way to um, you know challenge the defense. And this is a guy who's 63% field goal shooter for his career um, because he only shoots around the net. But... He doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't really shoot outside of the paint at all. So you can already understand with this team construct where those limitations might reveal themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, 
think he's probably a, a little bit better of a passer than Raptors fans will remember at this yeah, point. Yeah, like he, is, he yeah. can work some DHO stuff. He he can um, kick it out when he's on the roll. Um, it, like he'll fit in well with what the Raptors want to do with their centers offensively. Defensively, it gets into a little bit of a, well, do you think that the Raptors perimeter defense this year has declined because there's no one back there helping? Do you think Jakob Pertl's rim defense has declined because there's no perimeter defense in front of him in San Antonio? Mm -hmm. Because last year, this looked like a perfect fit. Jakob was like one of the best rim protectors and rim deterrents in the league. Statistically, yeah. the Raptors were one of the best perimeter defenses. Both of those things have been much less true this year. Right now, you hope that you drop Jakob into a situation like this. The Raptors perimeter defenders can defend a little differently uh, with Pirtle back there in kind of a more conservative coverage and everything clicks together a little bit. Um, again, all of that is good. I think it makes you better long term. There's there's maybe some questions about, you know, I, I think Pirtle, you're probably less comfortable playing in those multi big lineups than any of your other centers just because he really doesn't have. Uh, a lot outside of the rim. Um, and you've got Precious and Coloco developing and stuff. Um, but near term, he makes them better. Oh, yeah. Question oh, being, can you close with a 60% free throw shooter on the floor? Yeah. And is there a point in being better sure. right now? Um, okay, so for me, I'm thinking about it as, look, Jakobrodo is undeniably a very good player, mm -hmm. right? And I think he's definitely an upgrade. I think he probably walks into the Raptors starting five. You have to now make the decision in terms of who you take out of that group. And we'll have plenty of conversations about that. To be honest, we just don't have enough time today to talk about it. But trust me, we'll have lots of time to discuss Jakob Pertl. Pre Precious, your guess off the top, though? Yeah, probably. Uh, well, well, right now, of course, Precious. But when OG comes back from injury, then, then I'm really curious to see who they ultimately bump back into that second group. But for me, look, he is a guy who is um, something that the Raptors just have not had for three years now, which is competent center play uh who is someone who can truly handle the seven footers out there you've seen games this season you know i've been pretty upset watching games where like they're playing memphis and steven adams is like throwing aside pascal siakam with one hand and, and and putting og anobi in a headlock with the other hand like it's you know like we have seen the specific need for a center right we obviously saw what happened in last year's playoffs as well not to say that you know you're bringing in somebody who is going to single-handedly shut down Mark or, or uh, draw and beat or anything like that. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But you have now at least brought someone to play center for you. And I think for him too, it's just like he is very mobile. He is somebody who is positionally very sound. He's he's honestly very good at the finer points of the game. And when you look at like just his fit offensively in the group, you know the 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 a lot of the actions the Spurs were running is very similar when you watch some of these highlights of, of Jakoproto with San Antonio. Very similar to what the Toronto Raptors do. A lot of next action basketball, a lot of dribble handoffs, a lot of screening for the ball, and obviously you know playing pick and roll and stuff like that. I think that part of the game is something that he's going to naturally plug into. On top of the fact that he already played here in Toronto, so like I actually do think the Raptors clearly they they like him a lot because he is a very good player. Mm -hmm. The overall question, and I think maybe the the more tepid response from all of us here. Uh, ahead of the trade deadline before we hear from Masai shortly is just like, you know, what about everything else? What's the plan? What is the plan? What's everyone else, what's everyone else saying? You know, is OG going to be happy? Is Fred going to be happy? Is Gary going to be happy? Like, what is going to happen with this team? Because, again, I don't think we, – we were looking forward to the trade deadline for answers, and none of that got answered. The only answer was welcome back, Jakar Proto, who I don't think even left the GTA uh, after his game last night. No, he must – they – I won't give free promotion, but we know what restaurant they all went to after that game. The same one that the, the only one the bench mob guys have gone to their entire time in Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what you're saying about Jakob in the offense, you, you could say it more cleanly. He knows how to uh, participate in an offense with absolutely no spacing or shooting. Well, I was going to say, uh, I would be concerned about his, his lack of three-point shooting if mm -hmm. any other Raptors center was 
providing any three-point shooting. Right. So, man, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to uh, to break down how this team looks starting with uh, Friday. Yeah. Who are they playing tomorrow? Uh, Utah. Is it? And then yeah, Detroit Utah tomorrow. And then Detroit, Detroit on the weekend on Super Bowl Sunday. Orlando wow. on Valentine's Day. Orlando on Valentine's Day. Okay, so you're telling me they could be over 500 or at least at 500 within a week? I'm telling you, even if they sold, they might have accidentally made the playoffs. All right, fair enough. Well, I guess uh, we can say goodbye to uh, to Wemby, to Scoot, to KD, to all these other pieces. At least but, we get uh, to talk about ball now. But Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about ball. We'll talk about ball. But right now, I'm very confused. But anyway, we're gonna, we got to go. Uh, I've been your host, Bolu, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Huge thanks to everyone who helped out with this one. Obviously, Alex, JR, Blake. Uh, Grange, you know, Derek Grindale in the back and Jennifer Olnick in the back. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to recap um, the game moving forward and see how Yaka Proto develops in Toronto.